Hi, welcome back. It's Eileen from Reality Check with Eileen Gray. And I feel like I've not been behind the microphone in quite a while. I have to get reacclimated. Um, so we're going to just kind of fly off the cuff. I was trying to stay a little bit more structured. I have heard some comments and questions, and one of them was that I jump all over the place, which I acknowledge I do. You ought to see me in a conversation at a dinner party. It's like ADD and Tourette's meet and have a child. So um, with that said, I'm trying to just make little notes. I know there's a recipe to doing these podcasts. And if you know me, you also know I don't really stick to the rules of many things. I kind of do my own my own thing. Hey, look, it's gotten me this far, like I'm some kind of screaming success. Yeah, me and Elon Musk were having lunch the other day and I was telling him, guy, you know, lighten up. You're a little too hard on your employees. I hear they're complaining, they're overworked. Just take it easy. And he was like, eh, you know what, Eileen, our friendship's over. You're too laid back. You break all the rules. You always have to do things your way. I'm kidding. I didn't have lunch with Elon Musk. That's on my uh, I wish I could list. All right. I see. Back to my podcast. Here we go. I was talking to someone um, at work and going down memory lane. Not that I'm that old or antiquated, but I realized that since I was very young that I can remember kind of stuff how much things have changed and one of my pet peeves that I'm always talking about is that the children of today are codependent on the parents that they like to scream at and tell them how much they hate them and wish they were dead but when they don't bring their homework or their gym shoes sneakers or their lunch who are they calling and yelling at like it was their fault that they left the stuff behind at home you better get my homework here. I'm going to get in big trouble. I, I hate you. I hate you. And what does the parent do? Usually the mother. Okay, I'm going to, don't get upset. Don't get, I'm going to, you know what? In my day, you forgot your homework. You either lied and said the dog ate it or you got an F, you got a failing grade and then you got your ass beat when you got home with those grades. Where I live, I heard from a parent who has a child in the high school that, and I'm going to say the name, West Essex High School in North Caldwell, like shame on you idiots. They allow the kids to call Uber Eats and send Starbucks. Oh, the little kids need their Frappuccino or their iced coffee latte, half skim, half soy. Oh, come on. We didn't even have a cafeteria when I was in grade school. When I went to Catholic school, they would have a hot dog and pizza day one Friday a month, like when you went to confession, that was your treat. Back to me when I was a little kid, I'm going to give you guys a couple of stories and you're going to say, no, that is absolutely impossible, not true, but for sure these things would not go on today. When I was a kid, I remember, this is true, he's in the other room, your dad, he'll tell you. When I was ooh, 13 or 14 years old, my brother was older. He was of drinking age at the time. He'd run out of beer and my mother would send me to the liquor store to pick up a 40, what they call a 40 now, a 40 ounce bottle of beer. I would walk, it was like a good mile. I'd walk to the liquor store, ask for the beer, they'd ring it up, give it to me, and I'd walk back home. Being, uh, you know, one of those kids who was smoking in junior high, one of my, my trips there, 
I figure if they're selling me beer, what the hell? Let's try for the for the home run. So I would order the beer and a pack of Marlboro. Lo and behold, they'd give me the cigarettes and the beer. And I'm not kidding you, I was 13 or 14 years old. Uh, it wasn't like I had a 5 o'clock shadow and they were mistaken me for someone who uh, stayed back multiple years and was in junior high. They just didn't care back then. There was a time when I was even younger than that and I had terrible poison ivy because on a dare someone told me if you rub it on you you get poison I go I never had poison ivy they're like I'll bet you get it and I go no I wouldn't I took poison ivy and rubbed it all over my face and hands and the next day I woke up I could hardly open my eyes I was like so what does my mother do the same woman who sends me for beer she tells me to go to the doctor's office it was three blocks from our house so I walk my little self into the doctor's office and I sit down and I tell the nurse slash receptionist you know I'm here because I have I don't know what it is I think it's poison ivy uh, the doctor saw me prescribed pills which you know now I know were prednisone I left the doctor's office went another few blocks to the main street went to Quigley's drugstore gave them the prescription they gave me the pills are you ready for this they gave the pharmacist took my prescription and gave me the pills I've never even seen a nine-year-old go into a drugstore today with a prescription right uh, at the doctor's office when I left they just said should we charge this to your mom like yeah so yeah they would charge it to my mother's I went to the pharmacy and got my little pills and they charged it and I'd walk home then there was the eyeglass doctor after school had to go to the eyeglass we had an we had an appointment I had an appointment that my mother made sat down got my eyes examined came back a week later to pick up my glasses that, that how do you that is some independent little kid right there don't you think it is it is I actually lied the poison ivy story was not at, at nine uh, everything had to happen after my father had passed so I was 11 when he passed away and uh, my mother became the grieving widow uh, wearing black for two years so I think it was during that period where she kind of lost her mind and herself a little bit where but I will say my god that sure did make for a very independent child and it was good because I got to grow up into a very independent young lady young adult which was not good because I thought I could do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to and by this time my mother had been out of her funk and her haze and uh, she ruled really our house with an iron fist after she uh, recovered herself wow can you believe that cigarettes beer doctor eye doctor pharmacist that does not exist today that's one extreme to the other right the unparented little kid going around it's like something you see in a cartoon right where you don't ever see parents yeah, yeah. like charlie brown and his gang did you ever see parents there anywhere yeah that it was kind of that's how it was but um yeah I managed to survive that and uh, also what I remember from back in that time was uh, 
there was a gas shortage where they would tell you to drive uh, alternate days. You could fill up your car. If you had an even number at the end of your license plate, you went one day. If you had uh, an odd number, you went the next day, and so on and so forth. I remember gasoline at 50 cents a gallon. Look, my... My 19-year-old nephew, his eyes just like bulged out of his head, like, what? It wasn't all that long ago, I have to tell you. I mean, I was very young, but I remember it. I remember bread, 50 cents a loaf, pizza, 50 cents a slice. What? $3 a slice of What? No, still $2. You can still find $2 pizza. But they say that the economy is closely measured by the price of a slice of pizza. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yeah, you can tell where your economy is going based on, on your your pizza slices, the, the uh, price of a slice. So it was 50 cents forever and ever, and I remember would eke up a nickel. I remember cigarettes at 50 cents a pack. Yeah, well... I mean, here today, if you buy cigarettes in the state of New Jersey, they're like $8.78. Don't ask me why I know that exact amount. I don't smoke anymore. And uh, New York, it's like $13, $14 a pack. There's a huge discrepancy. And yet, if you go to Pennsylvania, they're $4 a pack. Yeah. So go figure. So based on those kind of crazy numbers, I guess you really couldn't figure out an economy. But when the price of a slice of pizza goes up you had best believe everything else is going up with it your taxes uh, on every item that you purchase your property taxes your tolls the price of gas so keep an eye on the price of a slice of pizza and that's a great gauge to see if you need to start stashing your money under your mattress because the banks are not giving you too much of an annual yield on, on your money there. You might as well just keep it there. Uh, and with that said, I have a friend who's has an uncle who's a genius. You know when people are so smart that they're almost kind of strange, off the beat of norm? Uh, they call him Doc. He's actually a medical doctor. He's 85 years old, and he's been practicing medicine and doing holistic medicine for a very long time. So he's been saying for years, every Christmas Eve when he goes to the house and they have their, their family gathering, to invest in gold. Go buy gold coins. Do not put your money in the bank. They're going to collapse in the next few years. Um, buy gold. That's the only thing that's going to have any value or worth trading. So um, when he passes, I told my friend, please call me because he's buried lots of gold coins in his backyard in PCP uh, piping that you can buy at Home Depot and cut to size and it won't rot. So um, Doc, I hope you live a long time, but when that time comes and you go, I think me and your niece will be taking a ride to your house to start digging up your yard. Oh, poor Doc. He's had a good life. Don't feel bad for him. The guy's loaded. He's worth uh, a lot of money, and he's liquid. It's all in cash. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, technically he could almost live off the grid. 
you know nobody knows what he's he could buy uh guns bombs satellites who's gonna know because he's he doesn't have to go to a bank and if you take out or deposit more than ten thousand dollars you have to automatically it has to get reported so um i hope i have that problem one day and what else is going on for today's podcast really honestly and truly i feel really remote from from doing this today (sighs) i think that's it for me today i think uh i'm gonna have to get back on the saddle and and uh give you some more things to think about your economy slice of pizza uh how crazy it is that when i was growing up we had children running around just taking care of themselves and uh, today in sharp sharp contrast we have children who can't take care of themselves not even on a small scale Uh, my friends have kids that go off to college and i am not kidding you when i tell you these kids don't know how to do laundry they can't cook i don't even think they can boil water to put a tea bag in terrible i mean you know what there's got to be a happy medium between uh the jungle boy scenario where you just kind of are doing your own thing and the other scenario where you can't do anything and you're yelling at your parents telling them how much they suck and how much you hate them but yet you know you're insisting they drive you here give you money for this kids don't even have to work i got my first job i was i think 14 in a deli and i've been working ever since then in one way or another so uh now these you know no we want them to focus on school okay you keep giving them that easy road out you know when these kids can't what are they going to do when they have kids you know what you usually hear from kids who have parents that are like so simple-minded that they're only can do one thing and it's make my life easier for my kids and i look at these parents I wouldn't want to be them for all the tea in China. Their kids are, they are disrespectful. They don't give a shit what their parents are doing or not doing as long as they're doing for them. Like the kid in the supermarket uh, when we were moving your sister. I went to get the coal cuts. This kid was in a car. You know those plastic cars that are shaped with baskets for shopping? I tell you, he could barely get himself in there. He looked like one of the sardines in a can. He has his mother's cell phone. He's playing a game. We're standing by the deli counter, and she says to him after three minutes, okay, give me the phone, and he just didn't acknowledge her. He kept looking down, playing, doing his thing. Two minutes later, honey, can you give mommy the phone? Nothing. Now... I was trying not to make eye contact because I go, that's embarrassing. You got this doofy 12-year-old sitting in a shopping cart that is shaped like a car, okay, like it's a carnival ride. Now this big doofass is sitting there playing a video game and totally disrespecting and ignoring you. Four times, I kid you not. Now, by the third time, I'm looking at her and I'm looking down at the kid and I'm looking back up at her the fourth time I guess she didn't even know what to do she goes okay you give it to me later where do you when that kid's 18 and he tells you to shut the fuck up and get out of his face because that's coming you know that's coming okay if you 
G, tell our listening audience what I would have done. Oh, man. You would have just taken the game immediately. There would be no asking him, you know, time for him to say no or anything. He'd have got three seconds, right, to hand that game over on ask number one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And if he were lucky enough, or I should say unfortunate enough for me to lose my mind and ask him twice and I didn't get it, guess what would be in pieces right in front of him on the floor? You damn well, Skippy. I'd have ripped it right out of his hand and threw it on the floor and dare him to say something to me because I'll bet you his mother paid for that phone. Yeah. Right? So, um, yes, be very careful. I'm uh, giving parenting advice to those of you who have children that you just do everything for. Don't do it. Teach them to be self-sufficient and in dependent you're going to drop dead one day and not oh my gosh it's a reality and what are you going to do who's going to watch that piece of loaf you got sitting in your house all right make them independent these kids are going to have kids one day that's a really scary thought oh my god so um teach your kids how to make a bed how to do laundry how to cook how about you work 45 hours a week commute you're exhausted. How about your kid cook you a dinner once in a while? Come on. That's my parenting advice. Do not do everything for your kid. Do not let your child disrespect you. And do not be afraid of child services. Fuck them. I'll still slap the shit out of my kid if I had to. Yeah, but I know I wouldn't have to do that, right? Yeah. That's right. So that's my parenting advice. Don't take crap from your kid. Don't take any disrespect. Teach them to be self-sufficient. And if all else fails, you take everything that's in their bedroom and you throw it in a plastic trash bag and then you throw it in the back of the garage. And when they have a meltdown and say, hey, what are you doing in my room? You remind them. This is not your room. This is my house. Everything in that room, I probably paid for. And if you don't keep your mouth shut, I'll have you strip down to your underwear and take everything else that I left in here, like your sneakers, your pants, and your shirt. So respect. That's the word of today. Respect. Respect your parents. And uh, give them a little thanks, a little gratitude for putting up with your little snarly stink asses out there okay um maybe i should open up a school for for kids when the parents want to send them somewhere and nobody wants them you know you ever hear these little kids that threaten to call social services on their parent you know what they forgot when social services come they're not taking the parent they're taking the kid to a foster home where he's going to have all his shit that he gets there with stolen from him right yeah, there you go. Go ahead. Call so call Children's Services on me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I encourage that. You know, I think the teachers were one of the first people that encouraged you to call on your parents. You know, like if you see something, say something kind of thing. So these crazy school teachers, you know, I don't know, little Johnny's not acting like himself today. Are you okay? What happened? Is somebody having a home? Huh? Did your mother tell you something? Right? Isn't that how it goes? Okay, right? I'm telling you. Expert on everything I am. So they encourage you to kind of almost 
fabricate a story that's worse than what the incident was. So now people are afraid to discipline their children. No, I have no fears of that. Out you go. And on your way out the door, make sure you take off your shoes and pants and shirt. And I'm going to be nice enough to let you walk the streets in my underwear that I bought for you. See, there you go. Another problem solved by Eileen Gray. That's how you take care of your kids. Let them know who's the boss, who's the head of the pack, who's in charge of the tribe. Okay, what was that? Okay, so anyway, I'm going to sign off. That was enough of my ranting for today. And as usual, as I like to say, please do a random act of kindness uh, for someone, anyone. Uh, that would go a long way. I noticed lately there's a lot of movies with the kindness theme. And uh, John Bon Jovi started uh, a little chain of restaurants to help feed the hungry pay it forward so um you know what once again i'm ahead of the trend i'm ahead of the curve because i've been saying this for a long time be kind to one another do something extra special and a little bit out of your comfort zone a random act of kindness for someone pay their fare on the bus pick up the coffee on the person behind you it will make somebody's day and a smile a smile is free when you walk by someone you know what? Look up off the phone. Make some eye contact. Let's come back to human again. Thanks again for listening. Please hit the like button. Share. Sharing is caring. And if you care for me, share my podcast. Okay, this is super important for me. And um, on another note, just going back when I started, I said I had, you know, gotten some comments on what's going on. The other thing I wanted to say is people were asking what happened with the mortgage, right? If you remember my first podcast, I was ranting about the mortgage company and the appraiser and what kind of whatnot that I'd went through. If you missed that podcast, just play it again. And the outcome of that was I actually got that house reappraised. So when they said to me they could not do that, it's against the law that the FCC and the FDA and everybody, the FDIC, and it's, you know what? It was overturned. It was appealed. And I think they did it after I had made such a big stink and threatened to call everybody and their aunt and board members of this, this, and the other thing. I got an email from the mortgage company that they had reappraised the house, they had changed the formula, and I did not have to pay that PMI. And that was after fighting and being told by three or four people, absolutely no way was that getting changed. It, it is, it's done, that they weren't allowed to uh, do anything with it or it looks a little suspicious, like they're trying to alter the numbers. Uh, I won. I didn't have to pay the PMI. My mortgage payments dropped uh, by $113 a month. And if you do the math over the life of a mortgage for 30 years, that's a significant amount of money. So don't give up. When you know you're in the right, stick to your guns, stay the course, and hopefully things will turn out uh, the way they should. 
And again, that's it. I'm really out now. Peace out. And remember, be kind, be kind to yourself and be kind to others.